am Lindy Thomas. I have the privilege of uh, working with the missions team here at the church. And uh, this morning, the world is here. I mean, Cindy already introduced some people, and I just I came down for the coffee time, and somebody was tugging every direction. It's just exciting. This church has a long history of connecting with the world, and what's really fun is to see how God brings things from years ago, brings fruit so many years later, and there's just so much more to look forward to. So it's, it's exciting times here. I would like to introduce our speakers for today, Ron and Annette Thiessen. Y'all can head on up. Um, they head up the orphanage called New Life Children's Home that we have. Yeah, be seated. I'm not used to this routine. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, they head up New Life Children's Home. It was founded by Annette's parents uh, in their retirement. And they began to build and to gather children. And then they reached the point where they needed to retire again. And so Ron and Annette were in ministry in Peru had been career missionaries down there, and so they came to head up the orphanage, and they still keep their hand in in Peru, so they have ministry just everywhere you look. Um, I'm not going to say too much because they will have our message this morning, but I would just like you to welcome Ron and Annette Thiessen. Good morning. Buenos dias. Oh, está bien. Pueden venir a Perú, a Perú y a Honduras, entonces. You can come to Peru or Honduras, Honduras, either one. Um, it's a privilege, a great privilege to be here with you this morning and uh, an honor. And it's awesome to see friends. And since we didn't see them last year, we decided we'd come here, find out where you were hiding, come and encourage you to come back again to Honduras. Amen? Um, we would like to show the little video. I think it's queued up and ready to go. So that you kind of get filled in a couple minutes on that, and then we're going to share a little bit. Thank you. How many of you would like to come raise 20 or 25 teenagers? Amen. They're wonderful. And every time we see this, we just miss them. It's like we're ready to go home in the morning. Tomorrow morning we head back. Um, also, I'd like to share a little bit of the word and, and some challenges with you. And then my wife will share some more also. How many know that every day... Um, if not every day, then real often, God gives us opportunity to make some decisions for him, right? Sometimes it's about, you know, what we're going to do today or tomorrow. Sometimes it's about the, the missions offering for, for those good folks that are here. Sometimes it's about different kinds of things. It's a challenge that we have. And there's something the Lord just put in my heart just recently, and I don't think it's a word that comes out of the Bible, but I think we could find the concept in the Bible if I'm permitted to do that. Have you heard the word predisposition, predisposed? I'd like to share a little uh, testimony from my father. I, I did not grow up in the States. My wife did. I grew up in Peru. My mom, mom and dad went to Peru, and they spent all of their lives doing a Bible translation down there. But when my dad was in his 20s, he had a business going in California, and somebody came up to him one time and said, Wes, uh, the Wycliffe people are coming up, and they're going to hold a banquet in your city right close by. I think you should go. And Dad said, um, thought about it a little bit. He said, no, I don't think I should go. He said, if I go, I think that God will probably call me.
am, send me. Amen. That's all he's looking for. That's the most important. Dad said, here I am, send me, and started the process. Part of the process of God's miracles through their life, the process of God's provision, the process of all the, uh, the adventure and all the satisfaction of being a person that God can work through and do things. Amen. God just recently started us on a little bit of a, a, a different road in, in Honduras also. Um, social services came to us and have asked us to begin to reach out more to the extended families of the kids. In some cases, some of the kids will be able to go back with their parents if we can work into that neighborhood. And when we think about it, it's like um, it took us seven years to get the kids to where they are now to get things in order. There was a lot of things that needed to be fixed. There was a lot of things that needed improvement, the school, a lot of things. We went through incredible stuff that we could tell stories for a long time about. But now we're kind of like at a place of it's pretty comfortable. And then God opens another door. So what do we say? Uh, here they are, send, send them, right? But it really isn't that, you know, it's like, okay, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. We don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know how he's going to finance it. We don't know how it's going to happen. But you know what? We are predisposed to do what we feel like he wants us to do. Amen? And that's, that's the challenge that I want to leave with you in this morning. But what, what's happening, and this is a challenge I'd like to leave with you also, is that um, the Lord is open. You saw in the video that, that we want to reach out. We had an opportunity to take one of our young men, and we, we got onto the registry, found his name, his mom's name, even though we had thought maybe for a long time he couldn't, and we were able to go four hours with him out into the, to the boonies, into the, the back country with our truck, and we were able to find his mom. And it was an amazing, an amazing thing. We found his mom and three brothers and a sister, two brothers and a sister, and he has another brother someplace. We met the aunt, the uncle, and you know what? We feel like God is calling New Life Children's Home to reach further out into the neighborhoods. Amen? Through our kids, through the needs that the kids have, through the opportunity of meeting other families, reaching out to those families. You know, we would like to, we would like to, to uh, put out the challenge maybe even, even for you as a church or as missions groups that come, things like that. Maybe you could help us reach out to those families and kind of take on a family group. Let's, let's start a thing in their neighborhood. Let's provide support to those neighbors. Let's bring all their neighbors to Christ if we can. And let's find a place for those kids. Let's give them support. Let's find, help them find the support things. You saw a big picture of Melan with, with all of her four sisters, with her mom. We're, we feel like we're going to start that right away when we get back. Pretty soon when we get back with one of the teams that has sponsors that's sponsoring Melan. And then go out and do a, a block party, you might say. Bring all the neighbors in and, and, and just wine them and dine them, but teach them, evangelize them, find the connections, find the things that we need to do with them, and see where the Lord would lead to, to open the doors. You know, God is so good about providing. God is so good about, um, about taking care of things. All he really needs is us to say yes. And be willing to take that step when we know what it's supposed to be. You know, this is going to be a big challenge for us. You know, um, social services wants us to do, to do this, but we feel it's God. We feel it's God. And so pray for us. For as we, as we go about doing this, pray about coming down and, 
and see. And when you guys come down again, I hear you're, you're on, the, on the docket maybe for next year. A bunch of you come down. We're going to do some stuff like that. We're going to reach out further beyond us. We're going to get our kids reaching out to their, their extended families too. Amen. And we're going to see awesome things happen. We're going to see that ministry just expand and roll throughout lots of places. Amen. So thank you. I want to give my wife a chance to share. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I want to share just real quick with you uh, kind of an image that I had a couple of weeks ago when we were in a service very much like this one where we were singing a beautiful song about the grace of God. And the first one we sang this morning, each one was gorgeous, but we sang about the grace of God. And um, the image that I have in that, in, in that moment of worship was this canvas that was stained and soiled. It was so damaged that you could not see the image, the original image that was painted on that canvas. And then there was like a paint container that said grace. It was like God's hand with a paintbrush dipped in that grace and began to paint on that canvas and begin to repaint that original image on that canvas. And that's what we're doing with these children. Each one of our, these children, New Life children, some has a story. Each one is a canvas. Each one of us are a canvas. And God is painting his grace on our lives. How many of you have just been able to say, yes, God's grace is painted on my canvas, right? So many wonderful things that God's done in our lives, even though they've been damaged, even though they've been hurt, they've been, you know, attacked, you know, whatever our situation in life, uh, God's grace is so good to us. And God gives us the opportunity to be that paintbrush, to let us dip into his grace, and then let us be that paintbrush that he takes and he uses to write on that canvas. I want to read one verse to you this morning out of 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and I want to read it out of the Amplified Version because it just really brings to light this uh, image that um, I've been sharing with you. And uh, so 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, that is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged. I love that. Just He wants to make us undamaged. He wants to conse consecrate it to him, set apart for his purposes, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just that, that whole image that God is working to sanctify us. He's working to sanctify us and create an undamaged canvas, you know, separated for him, pure, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the, the vulgar and, and, and evil things that have, have so um, written on the canvas of the lives of our children. Our children are, have, are from high-risk situations. Uh, many were abandoned, rejected, taken from the home because of, of um, arrest or, or other things, situations in the home. Some parents turned them in to the social services because they could not take care of them. So all of our children come damaged. They come with rejection, abandonment, bitterness, anger issues. They come with rebellion in their hearts because they feel like... They are an orphan. 
You know, when that orphan spirit attacks you, it, it comes and it steals your identity. It tells you you're not worth anything. Nobody wants you. You're throwaway. And so then they take on that image and that canvas gets damaged. And we at New Life Children's Home, we have seen miracles before our eyes. And many of you that have come and, and seen those miracles with us of when those children arrived, how damaged they were. And after love and care and prayer, oh my goodness, we pray for them all the time. And ministering to them, we've seen how God has put his grace upon them and is painting them in many different colors. And I want to share a few stories with you. Um, my first story is about a young man uh, named Alex. He's a little boy. He was, well, he came to us four years ago. When he came, he was so damaged. He was so shattered in his emotions. He would do anything negative for attention. Um, he was very backward in many areas. He came with three of his younger siblings. All of, Well, three of them go to our special ed school. Um, and, and he's the oldest boy. And he would do things like just throw rocks at the children just for no reason. He would scream and holler and cry for no reason. Uh, anything would... Anything that would happen to him, he would just react. He would do things just mischievous, like he'd take, you know, firewood out of the fire, cook fire, and run around, you know, chasing the cook. You know, I mean, just anything that Alex could do to cause an uproar, he would do it. He wanted to be the center of attention. He was so broken. And we prayed for him. We helped him. And um, one thing that I really like to minister to our children is how to release from your soul, dark deposits. And I share with them that our soul is very much like a book where we have pages and, and we can open those pages and there's our thoughts and our emotions and, and the, the things that have happened to us that make us feel bad and make us think bad things. And they're like evil deposits of, that, that have come upon our canvas to damage us. And so I, I, I explained to them that that their soul is very important, but that, that part of their soul, our soul is our spirit, our mind, our, our, excuse me, our, our mind, our thoughts, our emotions, and our, our, our will. And that their will is the most powerful part of, of their soul. And the, their will is like the spine of their, of their book, of their li book of life. And that they can take that will and choose they can choose to open the pages of their soul and, in Jesus' name, command those things out. They can command anger and bitterness, and they can forgive, and they can go on in life. They can have a, a, a healthy soul, a, a mind that's not clogged with so much stuff, and emotions that aren't just filled with, with, with rejection and, 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 and that orphan spirit. And so we pray, pray, we pray for these kids, and we, we help them work through those issues and help them forgive their parents and help them forgive the situations in their life. And Alex, um, two years ago, oh, about a year and a half ago, I said, um, Alex, he was having some really hard times in his math. Uh, he loves anything creative. He'll draw, and, you know, he's playing the saxophone. And, you know, but he just, math was just like stonewalling him. He just couldn't get math. And so the teacher would just let him color or, or draw while they were in math class. He's like, Alex just can't do this. And I'm like, no, don't put limitations on these kids. You know, enough limitations. And so I said, hey, Alex, 
how would you like to go to our special ed school? We have eight special ed children, uh, Down syndrome, autistic, dyslexia. We've got a number of uh, special ed children. And I said, how would you like to go to El Fado? And I think they can help you with your math. He said, yeah, I'd like that. I thought he was going to say, no, I'm not special ed. He did. And he is, within two to four weeks of last year's school, that child turned, completely turned around. He, he, he was sloppy. He didn't care about himself. He didn't care about his room. He didn't care about his stuff. And he went from the dumbest in class to the smartest in school. He now helps the other students. It has totally transformed this little boy's idea of who he is. And he's connected his dots of this is what, you know, I'm, I'm, I have something to offer. And God has painted on his canvas something beautiful. And he's, he, 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 he takes care of himself. He has to have clean clothes. He washes. I mean, he, he just is completely, his room is clean. I mean, he's changed. Because God has touched him. Um, another young boy, um, I'm just not going to tell you his name. Uh, he was uh, three years old when he came to New Life Children's Home. This is way before we got there. When we arrived, he was already um, a young, young teenager. And he had been sexually abused by another older boy years previously. And he just couldn't find himself. He just was very insecure he would do things just to just so that he would, um, you know, feel like he was secure. But but it, it was he just had a really hard time. And he said he said to Annette, I'm I'm having some bad thoughts. Will you pray for me? And I said I think I know what you're thinking. I said you're thinking you have bad thoughts about doing bad things to other children, right? He said yeah, because see that d dark deposit of him being abused was causing those thoughts. And so I shared with him, you know, this is, this is how we do it. This is how you can be free. You can just command those things out in Jesus' name. And you can forgive and go on and have God take that damaged canvas and paint on it. So I shared that with him and we prayed, led him in a prayer. And just the presence of Holy Spirit was right there. And a couple of weeks later, I said, hey, how are you doing? He's like, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Another story, a young girl, um, she has several siblings uh, that live at New Life Children's Home as well. And uh, she was like 13. And I noticed that she would just talk about death a lot. She'd say, I just, just run over me. You know, I just want to jump out in front of that car. And I just wish I wasn't alive. You know, I was like, well, well wait a minute. What, what are you talking about? Why are you thinking these things? And she would just say, I'm just so, I just don't want to live. Like, I don't have any reason to live. And I said, let me pray with you. And so we, I explained, you know, how, how to just get rid of, you know, those things from your soul. And I took authority over suicide. And a couple of weeks later, she said, hey, Tianette, you know when you prayed for me? I was like, yeah. She's like, I haven't had any more thoughts about killing myself. But she said, you know what? I had the rope ready in my room. And I went, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that, that you opened my eyes, or you opened our eyes, that we could see that before it happened. You know, the enemy has a plan. 
just like God has a plan. And we have to be that paintbrush that can begin to see, begin to help people see that there is something besides what they're thinking. There is something besides just their damaged canvas. And um, so, you know, today we would like to give you the opportunity to help. Help one of these children. Out on the back table in the foyer, there's some brochures. Please take one. Um, we put out a 40-day prayer focus. It has a picture of each one of the children, a little bit of background, spiritual need. Connect with that. Give us your email. We'll, we'll send you that uh, if you're interested. Uh, our children also make bracelets for just a little bit of extra pocket money. And our son, Micah, who's here with us. Micah, wave on up there. It's a privilege to have him. He's 16. And... Um, He's a great example to the kids. They're all his younger brothers and sisters. Some are older. And but anyway, some of they have some bracelets. We don't have very many left, but what we have, we'd like to sell them all so we can take back the money to the children. If you have grandchildren, buy them a bracelet and say, hey, the, some children from New Life Children's Home in Honduras made these. And um, they will, they'll go with lots of love. And um, just encourage you to really pray. Pray about sponsoring a child. You, know, you can you can be that paintbrush. You can be that paintbrush that paints on the canvas of a damaged life, of a damaged child. And we're real excited, uh, like Ron was saying, we're real excited about being able to connect with the family. And I want to just add a little bit more as I finish up here, um, a little bit more to Milton's story that he was telling you about. Um, Milton came to us when he was three years old. He's now 18, and his original um, report from the social services said that he was um, a child from a family that had a lot of children and that his mother was very sickly and that she could not take care of him anymore. They lived way out in the boonies, that kind of like the hillbilly part of Honduras, no education, very poor. And so he was turned into social services by the aunt because the mother was very sick. Well, when we get out there to this little village, we find out that Milton, and so, in, excuse me, in our mind, we're thinking he's from a family, a large family. The mother's sick. Well, maybe she's a little older. Maybe she had, you know, a, 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 this is her, her youngest child. And that, you know, that she had lots of children and she was very sickly. Maybe she was older. And, you know, so we were telling him, we think this is your story. He didn't know. He didn't know about any family siblings or anything. So when we go out and find his mom, his mom is 35, and he's number one child. She was 17 when she got pregnant. Her dad had died five years previously, and her mom had died a year ago, the year, a year before. So the first guy that comes along, she um, takes off with. Never been to school a day in her life, didn't know how to read or write, couldn't even write her own name. And so she goes with this fella, has her firstborn, his firstborn as well, and uh, finds out. She finds out that he's got another gal. So she takes off. He wants the baby. She's like, no, I'm taking him. Takes him to Tegucigalpa about five hours away to live with the, her sister. And uh, she gets really sick, very anemic. So the sister takes him to, new, to the social services orphanage. And then she hears, she's starting to get better, she wants to go get her son, she hears that somebody came and took the child. She didn't know where he was. Doesn't read or write, can't even investigate. So she ends up going back out to her village, having some more children. 
and wondering where her son was until we showed up that day. It was a really awesome reunion. But that's what we want to do with all of our kids. Excuse me. Some of our children don't know their parents. Very similar to Milton's story. We ask you to pray for us. Pray for them. Visit our table. Thank you. Thank you this morning for your attention. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. God bless you guys.